Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. I'm your host, the mayor of Podcast Town, and I'm super excited. Um, On the show, we talk three areas. We talk personal mastery, we talk thought leadership, and we talk storytelling. Those are the three areas that I found over the years when I'm talking to business owners and entrepreneurs, when they're good at those three things, their businesses succeed. And so that's why I love to talk about those three areas in particular. Now, I've done this show for over six years. And sometimes it's really hard to get people on your show. Sometimes, you know, I take it a little personally. Sometimes not because I understand that people are busy. They have lives. They have families. They're running their business. This next guest, we, I've been trying to get him on my show for some years, probably about three. And we finally got together, schedules aligned, and he's here. William Deck. And I love his business because he talks about mental fitness. Again, personal mastery is super important. The best way to succeed in your business is mastering you. You are the biggest obstacle that you're going to face. And so today we're going to talk about a story. We're going to talk about uh, mental fitness and we're going to talk personal mastery. So without further ado, Mr. William Deck, thank you, sir, for joining me. You're very welcome, man. And, and once again, it's, it's been um, a journey. We've been knowing each other for a while, but I'm excited to be here today. And I know that the things that we're going to be talking about are relevant to a lot of people. And so I'm just excited about um, having an opportunity to support and shed some light on some very important topics and discussions and things that usually kind of reside below the surface, but mean so much to us. So, Yeah, before we hop into your story of becoming and how you got here, why do you think people don't prioritize mental fitness? I think we've been taught to focus on the externals, like who we are based on what people perceive us as or who we are based on what we think people need us to be, as opposed to simply learning how to be, how to be present with yourself. And so we have to kind of unlearn and relearn. And that's something that I talk about a lot in whether it's social media posts or otherwise, because if you're having a drink with your friends, a lot of things that I talk about my business, we tend to get to, but it's after we've found a mechanism to let our guard down as opposed to being okay with not being okay. And just being able to say, hey, like this is an area that I don't have knowledge in. I don't know what I really want. I don't really know why I'm here on this earth. Important fundamental questions that if we don't answer, it impacts the quality of our life. And all those are things that I think is just due time for the world to be uh, prioritizing, whether it's in corporate, whether it's in your own household. And that is one of the main reasons why we decided to start this business is to try to fulfill a need that is unseen, but it's so important. 
Okay, so I'm going to bookmark that because there's a lot of nuggets and gems we can dig into. Why did you start this business? Tell us a little bit about your journey. I know you have quite a few years experience in corporate. I'd love to hear that journey, right? And how you got to the point where you realized that I need to jump out and do this thing full time. Yeah, I think it really started um, at about age 20 or 21. During the Thanksgiving break of 2006, I was at home from college, uh, second year in college. In the middle of the night, my mom came into my room and it was almost one of those things to where like, you have like the spiritual experience. Like she called my name and I heard it like in my sleep and like it woke me up. So I thought I was just like having the dream. But when I woke up, she was like right in front of me. And I was like, okay, something's not right here, okay? And so she basically let me know that my stepdad was, was like something happened to him. She wasn't exactly sure what was going on. So we got downstairs and basically went into the room and he was basically foaming at the mouth. It, it was just a very, very, you know, stressful scene. I was able to get him off the, out of the bed, off to the side, because could tell that he was having trouble breathing. Long story short, ambulance gets there. And once once they were able to kind of revive him a little bit, get him to the hospital, it was determined that he had had a light stroke. And so that was one of those watershed moments because up until that point, uh, not only was he the, you know, the leader of the household, obviously the father, um, he was also the breadwinner at the time owned or was majority stake owner in uh, three radio stations. And so he had worked his entire career to get to that space. And that had been for about three years where that level of success had been attained and they were actually in the process of expanding and acquiring more more real radio stations. And so the reason why it was challenging was for a few reasons. Number one is because that was my stepdad. He'd been around since I was a, probably six or seven years old. And then uh, the last area is that I had been speaking with him and we had kind of been working together for about a year and a half and talking about, okay, once you graduate in four years, like here's the plan to help you to kind of get in position to learn the business. And then eventually one day take this thing over. So when it came to even long-term, in my mind, that was kind of like, well, this is already set. It's just a matter of kind of going through the process, going through the motions, and I'll, I'll never have to worry about taking care of my family because we're just going to continue to build this business and we're going to be, be set for life. Mm -hmm. And then all that shifted and changed in a moment. So for the next couple of years, I was really lost in regards to, like, who am I? What am I going to do next? What do I want to do with my life? And then also dealing with the frustration and just the hurt and all the emotions that went with just everything that happened that also impacted the entire family. Like, for example, I had credit cards and those credit cards were just to build my credit as a young person. And then they ended up being used eventually to help to put food in the house. And so those are, tr are real traumas, but never really took time to really address those and really to process them. So then finish college and get into my career. And what I realized very quickly is as soon as I started my career, I started off in sales as a regional sales manager with a large insurance company. And it was a great role, excellent opportunity. And every time I had a new sales goal and met that sales goal, I realized early that like I never really felt satisfaction in accomplishment. It was like that was good, but like what's next? And I think that came to head after getting married in 2016 and then finished my master's degree, my, my MBA in 2018, I was sitting at dinner and my family was there, like all of my parents, my wife's parents, my wife was there. They were handing me gifts and things like that. And it was the night before graduation and something within me was just like, like this voice just said like, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. 
Like, why do I not feel satisfaction after spending all this time, like a full two years going full-time, working full-time? And at that point, I said, something has to change. Now, along the way, I had opportunities in leadership, so helping to develop other leaders and different things like that. And then even after I graduated, same opportunities, did some consulting in the corporate world in healthcare and other industries, did workforce development. But I think when I got to that workforce development space, starting in at the end of 2018, going into 2019, right after graduation, I saw that I had this great barrel of knowledge that I had taken or taken in over the years because I wanted to know why was I feeling the way that I was feeling? How could I understand myself better? So I was understanding like mind science and understand the subconscious mind, all these different things that begin answering my questions. But once I got into that space um, in workforce development, that's when I really had an opportunity to basically begin to create workshops and formalize this knowledge because other people needed it. Because I saw with our interns that it wasn't going to be hard to learn the technical skills, but if they didn't believe that they deserved the opportunity they were moving towards based on the outline and the track that we set them on, they were going to self-sabotage because I had done that before. So I already knew what was going to happen if we didn't address that. I just never really formalized it. So in 2020, during the pandemic, in April, like during that time, we were only supposed to be going to the grocery store and coming home. My wife and I were sitting at, at the dinner table after we put our daughter down and started talking about business ideas. And it was based on less about how can we make more money or how can we have a side hustle, but how can we add the most value to the marketplace? And so long story short, the, the ideas for mine business kind of spurred from there. It was what I was currently doing in workforce development and seeing the impact on our adult learners when they begin to get a, a new sense of self and beginning to expand their personal identity, beginning to heal from some of their scars and some of their traumas, uh, some of the same thing that I've been doing. I saw that there was a great opportunity there that because I'd seen the same issues and challenges in the physicians groups that I was working with, in the senior leaders running the hospitals and other industries and other corporate industries, everyone was going through very much the same stuff, but just for a different reason. Some was because of what they hadn't done, others because of the expectations of where they were, and could I live up to this high expectation that maybe my parents set for me, or maybe this business or organization or corporation is set for me, and people were dealing with fears. And that fear was based in the idea that what's going to happen when people find out that I am not as smart or as wise or as together as they think I am, then I get exposed and then my life is over. So for so many people, it doesn't matter what the socioeconomic status is, it's what if people find out that I'm not what I portray myself to be. And so with that, that's a lot of the work that we do. It's, it's starting with some of those questions and really just understanding how we can work through the mental and emotional barriers or subconscious belief systems that are not serving our futures. And we just kind of start there by identifying and then addressing those directly so we can get to the root cause of what's causing you your challenge, not the, the general thing that all these studies have said because you are different than everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that it's an individualized approach. And by doing our coaching, we have an opportunity to do that. Got it. You know, I've always, when I watch TV shows and people are being interviewed and the host, and they always uh, like take a break from the conversation and look into the camera and plug their book. Now, this is not a plug, but what we're talking about, right, is personal mastery. It's self-awareness. It's understanding trauma that might have happened. And that as business owners and entrepreneurs, it's a direct correlation. The better you can identify those traumas, deal with those traumas, the better you can show up as a leader and as a business owner. Is that, is that correct? Most definitely. I think once again, we all have unlimited potential. That's something that I, I believe deeply. 
the question is, is how can we identify the bears within us, right? So I, I don't think that there's necessarily external foes that can keep us from getting to our goals, but the enemy within or the inner me, if you break down the word enemy into inner me, that's going to be our biggest threat to our success. Mm -hmm. The unresolved traumas, the fear, the doubt, the worry, the feelings of unforgiveness and unworthiness that may have stemmed from childhood, just simply being able to understand those and to be able to move past them, that's going to be one of the biggest keys. So I totally agree because no one can stop us but ourselves. But how do you begin to do that, right? Because even if I look at my journey, my story, it wasn't until I sat down one day and I looked in the mirror and I got like honest with myself and it was ugly. <laughs> like I did not like the person that I had become. It was eye opening. Like if you're really honest with yourself, Mm -hmm. How do you begin to peel back those layers, right? And again, we're still talking business. We're still talking yeah. entrepreneurship. But again, the, the more you can be your authentic self, the better you're going to be able to serve people, right? But you can't do that unless you understand who you are. So what are some of the first steps, right, to get to that place where you can start to peel back those onions? Yeah, so I think for me, what you said is very much true. And like I started my career in sales, and so I was used to doing Tons of like SWOT analysis, so strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So I kind of started there with myself and it was once again kind of getting real, <laughs> at least initially, and realizing like what were my strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and like threats to my success. And when I got to that threat area, I realized everything that I wrote down was like all like things that were in my head. And so the one way that I've been able to kind of explain this is to, and simplify a little bit is that our lives are determined as far as our trajectory and outcomes, they are determined by the stories that we tell ourselves. And many times the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about our potential and about what is ultimately true for us is based on that negative subconscious programming, negative ideas and belief systems that play like a reel in your head over and over again. And when you feel stress, when you feel fear, when you feel any negative emotion, those voices or that story or stories tend to be there. And so for me, I made it very difficult on myself initially, but I realized once again, as I kind of alluded to, how can we identify what that negative story is? What do the voices tell you when you feel these emotions? Because usually there's anywhere from, you know, five to 10 of them, it's not like a hundred. There are about five to 10 themes usually. And so formally in the business now, we, ha we actually have like an actual exercise to identify those voices. But even if I'm having a conversation, I'm gonna be talking through and asking specific questions to help identify what are those voices saying? This is your conver internal conversation. You're having this with Will. So I started having it with Will and now with my coaching clients, like so, for example, intro meetings, sometimes we have an opportunity to begin to just give an example of, of some of the work that we're going to be doing. So I'll ask a, a few questions to begin to kind of get to what is the overall story that you're telling yourself? Is it an overall positive or negative narrative? What are some of the specifics of the story? Different things like that. But identifying th those voices and that, once again, that story or stories, that allows us to get to the root of when it's tough what is happening, what's going on, what is the mechanism behind it. And then the process over time is to disassociate our identity from those voices because we have an opportunity to adjust and change our narrative anytime we decide. But until we become the awareness within that space that says, I can tell a new story and begin to identify with, with the new story, new belief systems, new attitudes, that is when the change really begins because people are so connected to that voice. And if it's negative, then they don't really see a way out because this is who I am. This is my personality, right? 
But personality, once again, a lot of these words you can break down. If you break it in half, it's personal reality. So character attributes a lot of time is based on personal realities. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just gloss over that. <laughs> like, break, break that down again. So yeah. personality. Break, let's... So the word personality. The word personality can be broken down into two words. Personal reality. Wow. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it is true. Many times it's not even factual, but just like it says in the word, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's true because I can think that I'm going through these all these tough things that have all the people against me and everyone around me can say, William, you're doing great. Like, keep on going. And I'm like, no, man, I got it because, you know, I have all these haters and this and that. And it's like, actually, please name a person. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like I've had some. Them, them and they. Them like, and they. Who, who are they, first of all, and where do they live? Exactly. And most of them live within the house of our own mind. And I'll explain exactly what that means as well. I'm not going, I don't want to give too many metaphors too quick. But Jim Rohn, he passed away maybe about a decade ago, but he was a great thinker, author, speaker. And one thing that he talked about as an example, he said that look at your mind as a house. And most homes have a front door. So anytime you have a negative thought that knocks on the door of your mind and you just allow and you just open the door without thinking, without looking through the peephole and let that negative idea come in, you can't be upset if you end up having a bad day because that negative idea or ideas you allowed them in through the front door of your mind and now they came in and tore your house up. What we have to understand is, is that because it's our house, which is our mind, we have to begin to be, once again, the awareness in the background that says, I'm not going to accept every idea. This idea has maybe been knocking on my door for the past 15, 20 years or as long as I can remember. But eventually I have to say, if I'm continuing to believe this idea and it makes me feel bad and it messes up my day, I feel like I can't do stuff. Either I'm going to stop allowing that idea to be accepted as true and only let in ideas that are in alignment with my goals and positivity and uplift, or I can continue to let in all the negativity, all the fear, kind of having a no pass go system that will never serve my future. And is it a positive outcome based thought or idea or negative outcome based? And ultimately, if it's negative outcome based, it doesn't matter why it's there. It doesn't matter what happened. I'm going to have to realize that this is only going to produce negative outcomes. If I let it in and it produces negative outcomes, I got to stop opening the door. If I keep opening the door, I can blame everyone else around me but I'm opening the door every single day. And of course, our personal reality, which is integrated into our overall story that's in the form of negative ideas, usually five to 10 once again, I can have all the right reasons because they did this to me, my mom wasn't there, this or that. That's your story. It may be factual. Sometimes some of those elements are, but most of the time it is. But is it serving my future? If I want to be different, if I want to feel better, if I want to open up some energy and some space to not be just focusing on all this negative stuff, but to be able to think about new creative ideas, I can't continue to allow this, this story, these narratives to dominate my life. My personal reality is what was, but in my imagination, if I can have an opportunity to disassociate from all this negativity, take a deep breath mentally, emotionally, I can then get creative and formulate a new idea of what the future could be. Right. Based on what I actually want to happen, based on the ideas that I want to galvanize in my mind. And just like it took repetition to get these negative ideas in our head because we're not born negative. No baby's born sticking his tongue out at the doctor and trying to punch his mom in the face. These are ideas and these are behaviors that are developed based on the people around us. 
So I have to get back to ultimately what's that natural state, and that's peace and love and confidence and faith. That's why a child will walk directly towards you, and they can be up, up on this countertop, and they won't even look down because they trust the person in front of them, their mom or dad so much. They'll walk off the edge and, and won't even flinch because they trust that you'll catch them. In the same way, we have to be able to galvanize that or, and remember that same trust that we once had in ourselves and in life itself by changing our story, changing our story to something positive and that we actually want. There's a whole nother element of most people don't even know what to ask for. They've never thought about what they wanted because they've been so externally focused for their entire life. Let's serve others. Let's do this and do that. And I'm not against any of those ideas. But if you're not serving your cup and making sure that your cup is at least half full, you're going to be in trouble. And eventually it's going to run dry. And then, then, then we have all the negative outcomes of stress on the mind and body that are just the outcomes of not allowing yourself to embrace self-love, which all these things that we just talked about help you to move back towards. Because it's not just like a one-step process. Mm-hmm. It's, re- it's literally changing, as we talked about at the beginning, our identity mm-hmm. and having one that actually accepts and is able to embrace Mm self-love, self-love and self-care so that we can have an opportunity to not just say, hey, I want to change. I want to be this new person. I believe that I deserve it now. But then you you will have to go through the process of first and foremost proving that new reality to yourself. Because before you can share with anybody else or try to convince anyone else, you're going to have to actually begin to not just do the work, but take the consistent actions to show yourself that you matter. Eating better, working out, taking 15 minutes for yourself, doing meditation, whatever it takes to be able to re-socialize you to you. Um, because it's like having an introduction from the old to the new. And now we need to integrate this new into our reality, which means we're going to have to take a lot of action. And so that's, once again, more of the work that we do in detail to help to hardwire the new programming. Repetition got us in. Repetition is going to get us out. It just have to be a different story, new actions, which will hardwire new belief systems because belief systems don't come until we hardwire them. So it takes time. Mm-hmm. So you have to be kind to yourself during that process. And I mean, it's a lot of things, but it's more than possible, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's basically reverse en- engineering what happened in a natural way that got us into this negative state. Like we weren't thinking about it, but eventually got to our heads and then into our hearts and it's become our life. It's almost like you're reading my notes because we're talking about personal story, right? How big of a part does external influences play in that? Both how we perceive ourselves and how we think people perceive us. And does that matter? How do you manage that, right? As you go from, okay, now doing the personal work, but now who I think I am might not be the same as how people perceive me, right? How do you manage that, deal with that and move towards, right? Because where we're working to is, all right, now we're mastering self. Now we're figuring out how do we show up in the world? How can we serve the world? Because it's really hard to do this unless you do that first, right? So we're stepping there. We're getting, we're going in that direction. So how do you take then, okay, I've done my personal work. Now here's how externally I'm perceived. Does that match how I want to be perceived? Does it matter? How do you work through that? Yeah, so to be completely honest, for me, I had to kind of shut off the desire to need to have acceptance from others, to spend my energy and time listening in mentally, emotionally, what other people thought. I had to truly embrace and go down the rabbit hole of what do I think about this? Like, like how, can I, how can I reactivate my executive thought processes, my deductive reasoning that has nothing to do with anyone else? That was really, I think, the most important kind of shift that I made 
Because what I realized over time is if I listen to that small, still voice within and I trust in myself, nine times out of 10, and really almost 10 times out of 10, that voice is guiding me directly into what's not just best for me, but for everyone around me. And it became, once again, very intuitive. So tapping into the intuition, it's not just that thought and that knowledge and that data, but that internal feeling or knowing and having that calm, relaxed feeling around decisions and just being able to not just do that for the really important stuff, but just from day to day saying, I'm not just going to think through my day and through my life. I'm going to think and feel through my day. And as long as my thoughts and my emotions are synced and connected and align with a yes or no decision up, down, left or right, then that's all I really need to worry about because that's more than enough. We Most of the time we know what to do, almost any situation. But do we have the ability to calm our emotions, to focus our mind, to be able to ask ourselves a few questions, check in with me, myself and I, and then go out there and do it? And that, I think, has been the absolute shift. It's not that I don't pay attention to what people say at all because you need to get feedback to help to, you know, to bring in other creative ideas or expertise or different things like that. At the end of the day, though, only I know what's best for me, step by step, glory to glory. And if I don't trust myself, what I found is I quickly see that the mistake was made when I didn't listen to the internal voice. Not that it was right or wrong, but I can't see in my conscious mind down two or three years, but I've constantly seen, even with small decisions, that trusting myself, it was the right decision to make. And over time, you you see that that's more and more true. And so the internal voice is now louder and more powerful than the outer voices. And so it takes a lot of courage to be able to make a decision on your own sometimes. And maybe you're the only one that believes that you believe. But if you listen to the people who have been successful, you read their books or their podcast. They're all saying the same thing. I had to learn how to trust myself and not second guess the voice within. And when I did that consistently, my life took off. And as long as I was worried about other people's thought and their opinions, yes, I can take in advice and I should, but that can't be the final determining factor. It has to be the voice within that decides. And then once again, having the courage to trust that because all of us are socialized to be able to say, we need to do things to stay out of the way or to not make too many waves because we don't want people to think that we are this or we are that or we don't care about this or don't care about that. But then look at our society right now. I don't think a lot of people are thinking. If you look at the everything from, we don't we won't talk about any details, but politics and otherwise, if you really pay attention, even on social media, the, the comments, a lot of times the commentary and the reason why people are upset about stuff is based on what someone said on TV, what this particular political person from certain parties said, and they're really parroting the same exact words. To me, I question if people are actually thinking about what they're thinking. Do you actually believe that? Or is it just more convenient because your friends believe that and when you go out socially, you don't want to be the awkward one that doesn't believe that. But what if that's important to you? It's less about like what the outcome for the world is. What about you? Are we being intellectually dishonest with ourselves? The reality is a lot of people are. I'm just not okay with doing that. And so I have to trust myself and listen to the, to the small still voice that says, hey, man, you need to pull back or you need to speak or you need to be quiet and keep it very simple. And my life has been extremely peaceful, not perfect, but extremely peaceful and so much more effective because I'm not wasting any energy on what other people think. What do I think first? I will take in information, but the final determining factor is me because I have to live with this. And I think that that's very, very important. The people have their own minds, thinking their own thoughts and coming to their own conclusions. And I can respect that. You don't have to believe what I believe, but please think.
Yeah, totally agree. I think a lot of people just simply aren't doing the personal work. They're just not. They're being very lazy, for lack of a better term, of number one, understanding and knowing and embracing who they are. So those are all three different things, right? And understanding how people perceive them and going through that process that you alluded to. Okay, here's how I want to present to the world. Here is how the world perceives me. If it's the same, am I okay with that? If it's different, am I okay with that? The, the example that I love to use is Snoop Dogg. When I first started listening to rap, he was like one of the first guys. He's, I think he was 19 years old. This 19-year-old kid doesn't know anything about anything, but at some point in his career, this switch goes off, and he became who he is no matter where he showed up in, in wherever. So he's doing deals with Martha Stewart and like places that you wouldn't see a person like him, you know, being because he knows who he is. He knows how he shows up. He smokes weed. That's just who he is. If you're okay with that, then that's great. He can rock with you. If you, if you don't, then so, but I think a lot of people haven't arrived to that place where they're okay with that. And they show up as their true authentic selves because they haven't done the work. I want to tie this to business. How does all of that help you to be a successful entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think there's definitely a balance. So definitely, as you alluded to, knowing who you are, what you want, why you want it, and then having at least an idea of how you're going to achieve those things is very important because at least you have this baseline to operate from. What I say in business, you have to be very, very aware of as well. Um, it's, it's good to have a strong sense of self, but that includes um, knowing or identifying what you don't know, what you don't understand, and reaching out and connecting with people and organizations or whatnot early and often to be able to help to fill those gaps in, in knowledge, in ability to take action on certain things, uh, building platforms, whatever it may be, building a website, you definitely need to make sure that, yes, be very clear what, what you want, but it's so it's been so important to be able to be open-minded and listen because in the corporate space and the work that I did, I'd had X number of years of experience. And so I had a pretty good understanding of how to do it, how to be creative, how to fix things or whatever else. But then you go out into business and all of a sudden you're a baby again. Yes, I have the idea for the business and yes, I've done a business plan, but that means nothing. How am I going to go out and execute and, and ultimately create my own economy? And I'm going to need a lot of help. I'm going to have to be very open-minded. And it doesn't mean that now external voices override yours automatically, but it does mean you have need to have an open mind to, once again, know what you don't know. So sometimes that decision-making process doesn't even need to be on the table. I have no idea how to do this, 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 this podcast thing. I'm going to go to LZ. Understanding yourself is also making sure that you um, have enough space, enough flexibility to be who you need to be and what you need to be at the right time. Because a lot of times in business, it's not just having a standard offering and this is what we do and we bang the table about this. Sometimes it's creating, it is being able to create creative like solutions for your customer based on listening to what they need as opposed to trying to present what you do well. It is kind of this gray area that forces you to become even more flexible and even more open and it humbles you even more because once we find our, our space and our niche and we're really comfortable in it and we do it really well and we begin to make some money on it, that's, that's always exciting. But the business world is changing so fast. We have to still be open to it, but still have that strong sense of self to make sure that things are equitable. And I wouldn't even say balance because it's not going to be 50, 50, 50 percent of the time. The internal voice is the loudest. That always stays there. But wisdom will always be able to say, OK, but this is how I need to be quiet. Listen to what she's saying. I came to her and I paid her 500 bucks an hour to listen to what she has to say. So I have to put this in the background 
and suspend that for a little bit so that I can learn something new, right? Because she may be telling me some things that I'm uncomfortable with. And if I'm not careful, my the, the negative aspect rather of my ego could come in and begin to speak a negative narrative that could sabotage the opportunity to learn something new. And so it's not just trusting yourself, it's making sure that you're listening to the right voices. And business really exposes that quickly because unless you're a jack of all trades, you're gonna have to get a lot of help to make this thing work. And so I think there's a balance there, but once again, it's just still having that internal awareness to be able to turn it on, turn it off, speak, be quiet, and everything in between. Because for me, life has taught me so much in this past two and a half years about myself. And it's forced me to get better. It's forced me to become a better version of myself. It's addressed and challenged every single fear that I had. And I've had to face every single one more than once. Is this going to be the day where we shut the doors because you're afraid to do X or because you don't feel like you have the funds or because you don't blah, 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 or whatever else it is. And every time you move past that perception barrier, you realize the answer is right on the other side. It was only mirage. It's all good. You're here for a purpose, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to move through and be flexible because even if you've done the work, I think it's really a lifetime. It, it, it never ends. You do the work and then you go up another staircase of life and then you're like, oh crap, I'm scared again. Process. And you repeat the process again. So no one ever gets there. It's just a matter of saying, I understand myself enough to know when it's time to go back into this a recreation of self because now I'm in a different space and who I was doesn't fit where I'm going or whatever else. And that's a very much internal process. But anytime you're going through a shift, it's challenging. And, and the best example I give, if two people are on a motorcycle, if there's one person driving, the other person kind of holding off from behind, on the straightaways, everything is great. But when you hit the turns, if both individuals who are riding the motorcycle don't lean together, that's when most wrecks happen. When you're going into a turn, one, piece, one person leans one way, the other person leans the other way, and then the bike spins out. And so in life, we have to understand that on the straightaways, it's going to be a little easier because we've worked up enough you know, patience and, and strength to hit those straightaways fine, and we don't have to worry about that. But when things begin to shift around us, it could be things happening in our, in our personal lives, within our families, health issues, whatever it may be, then there's a curve. How are we going to respond then? And who we truly are on the inside is based on or is exposed um, based on how we respond when we face challenges. When things are easy, everyone can be Michael Jordan. When things get challenging and there's 15 seconds left, you have to knock down three free throws in order to, to just tie the game. That's when who you truly are is exposed. And so it's a dynamic process and that's okay, right? And so we don't have to worry about getting there and being perfect. It doesn't exist. And once again, I'm learning that having a perfect balance may or may not necessarily be the right idea. But let's be equitable because sometimes we're going to have to put in 50, 60 hour weeks to get the thing up and running and to close some clients or whatever else. And then things balance out and you have more clients, you have employees, and you may need to spend a little bit more time with that significant other and kids because you sacrifice a lot of time for, for about three months to do X, Y. And now it's time to invest more in, in, in the, the wife and kids. But you have to just be un internally aware enough to know when to make those adjustments and just being kind to yourself every single day goes a long way because you're not going to get it right. And so, yeah, it's, it's just a very dynamic thing to be a business owner because you thought you did the work or a lot of work and then you're like, oh, crap, I'm back to square one. But it's a blessing, though, man, because that means that there is a higher level that we are at the bottom of that staircase on. And there's an opportunity to go straight up and then a new level of understanding and wisdom and character and all those things that you'll gain will be your new foundation. So the foundation continues to build and get stronger 
as you go along in life. And that just allows you to be able to be dynamic when you need to, because that's what life requires. Like nothing is just going to be all straightaways and all wins. I'm going to take some L's and, and bounce back. I will say the the thing that I've found um, over my career as, a, as an entrepreneur that has helped me the most is understanding joy, the difference between that and happiness, and only doing the things that bring me joy, both personally and in my business. I get people all the time that ask me, well, Elsie, why don't you offer this service or why don't you do this? And my answer is always simple, because this doesn't give me joy. Like. I love doing this. I love having conversations. It brings me joy. I don't always enjoy all aspects of it, right? But if it does not bring me joy, I simply don't do it. And that's the thing I think that people miss a lot of times, especially when, when you're just starting out. It's because you have to pay the bills, you, you have a mortgage, and they don't um, accept hope as a payment, unfortunately. And so that joy meter has, has guided me in some really, really cool places. So as you think about mental fitness and uh, business ownership and entrepreneurship, what's the top thing that you would say to somebody who's listening or, or watching to this that they can start to implement, right? Because we've taken them on a journey, right? We've talked about self-awareness. We've talked about personal mastery. We've talked about thought leadership, right? And we tied it all into how that's important to business. So what's the first step? Somebody's watching, listening to this. What's the first thing they need to do once they finish listening to this, subscribing and following us on their platforms? What's the next thing they need to do after that? Yeah, I would say is uh, begin with the end in mind. Like as you begin to think about and conceive some of these ideas, like what is the actual outcome? How can you uniquely add value to, to the marketplace based on your natural skill set or what brings you joy? There's always a way. But what is the end goal? What is that feeling, that outcome that would make everything that you do worthwhile? Think about that first and get really clear on what that is and then kind of build backwards to say, OK, how can I actually mechanize this and turn this into a business offering, in, in, into services, into a product? Because I think that's the most important thing, because if we don't have the end goal extremely clear, then how can we do and build towards a successful or the idea of having a successful and joy filled business or experience, right? And so I would say that's definitely number one. And then um, number two, I would ask people to question their intentions. Are your intentions only about making money or is it to truly add value and light to this world? It doesn't mean that it has to be like this high and mighty thing. It has to be a perfect idea that God would be pleased with. No, I'm just saying like to you, like, do you really feel like this is something that can make impact? Because if you believe that it's possible, then the door to infinite potential is absolutely opened and you are highly likely to accomplish everything that you desire to accomplish. If it's just about making money or other things that may not necessarily be down deep within you that will bring you joy and satisfaction because you're spending your life force hours doing this, then I would say you need to think about that a little more, you know, um, kind of work on that plan or just the core idea or end outcome and make sure that that's really, really solid, right? But once again, is it just going to be about external stuff or this is going to say this is I am accomplishing and living out one of the purposes for me being here on this earth? I think it needs to be that clear, because even if you spend six months on it, that's six months of your life that you won't get back. And I think that time is the most valuable thing that we have. So don't waste it, even if you're wasting your own. And, and it's not going to be wasted if you learn something from it. But sometimes people jump from idea to idea to idea. And the time is not utilized well because we're not learning the lesson that we need to learn from maybe something that didn't work out so that we can create something that will work out and be well in all areas, right? So that we can have, as the Bible says, good success. Like it's one thing to be successful, but to have good success, which means you feel good about it, you can look in yourself in the mirror and be like, those are also important. 
The only other thing that I can think about as a potential uh, number three is make sure that if you have loved ones in your life, like a spouse, kids, other people that really depend on you, make sure that you have early have conversations with them early and often about some of the sacrifices that, that, that may need to be made because you won't necessarily have all the answers to that, but saying, hey, like I might have to spend a little bit of time on the weekends. I might need to do that. I might do this. How can we work together to make sure that as this shift happens in our life, because I'm shifting and trying something new or, or, or going down this, this journey, having the buy-in from those that depend on you the most and that usually, you know, especially those that are in your own household is very, very important because you don't want to begin this process. You're super excited about it. But, and because of poor communication, lack of communication or continued open lines of communication, you and your significant other or your children are not necessarily understanding what that sacrifice is because if they're connected to it and they can begin to see the vision in a similar way that you do, all that does is empower every single action. Every time you leave the house, you feel empowered because you know that those that love you and depending on you are on your side. Because everyone's opinion doesn't, doesn't matter. And I've, and I've clearly said, once again, ultimately you have to be able to listen to yourself. But there's a caveat. If you have children, significant others, that doesn't always play because, once again, their happiness is connected to your happiness and peace. And so their voices do matter a little differently than maybe just the external world because... That's your future. That's your hope. That's why you're doing this, right? In so many ways. And so they have to be connected to it. And once again, it may not be there from, from day one, but keeping them on the journey and keep open lines of communication are very important because I've seen so many times and even early on in, in our business, just with small things as far as understanding the why and the process and what was going on and why I may have been a little frustrated or super excited or whatever else. And just over communicating was very, very important. So that my wife and especially my little, my children could see like, you know, okay, I get it. And we're going to back him, right? Because that's important. Now, everybody, now every other voice doesn't matter, but mama and the babies do. I, I, I totally agree. We had a, uh, a newspaper was here doing a story and she ran late. I had a hard stop because my son to tell you, well, we've been waiting for this concert for three months. I was not missing that concert. I didn't care who, who was coming. Uh, long story short, we ended up rescheduling, but I just said that to say it has to be a priority and you have to draw those boundaries and those lines. Like, you know, short of Barack Obama saying, I need to, to meet with you, like, I'm not missing that concert. So, so I definitely get that. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about mental fitness, to learn more about my business, or just to say hi, how can they do that? Yeah, so I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as Instagram, and my, my handle for all of those is at William.B, B as in boy, dot deck, D as in David, E-C-K. So William.B.deck on all those platforms, uh, posting content weekly. You can also reach out via my website as well and learn more about the business at uh, www.mindbusinessllc.com. And those are the main areas to reach out to me. And um, all those go direct to my personal email. So it'll get directly to me and, and I'll be the one responding. And yeah, look forward to having conversation and helping to support any way that I can. And that's why I do a lot of content for free, quote unquote, on social media, because I think the conversation that we're talking about today and more just to see, especially seeing a man and then for the people of color community, seeing a man of color having these conversations when I know for, for most people in general, but also in the, in the black community, uh, a lot of these conversations weren't talked about. Be a man, be strong. And then so many times people that you loved and respected got sick early. 
because of all the things and all the unresolved traumas that they never dealt with, that has a physical counterpart, usually in organs and tissues, and it eventually catches up with you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we stop that? Yeah. So yeah. how could, so in that way, I also see myself as being a part of the change that I want to see. Because mm-hmm. there are certain people, including my stepfather, I would wish that he was here because, not just to see what I've done, but because he was a great man. But he had so many things he held in, never let go, never dealt with, and there was a correlating consequence long term. And my youngest brother, you know, that's his dad, you know, passed away about four years ago and he was playing college football and didn't get to see him, you know, at senior day or walk across the stage or now, you know, with his girlfriend about to be, you know, about to be his fiance. And that's a real thing. So take care of yourself. For sure, man. We could talk all day. But we got to wrap it up. I appreciate your time. Thank you for finally coming on <laughs> the show. And I wish you nothing but the best success. And I'm looking forward to seeing where your business grows to. Same for you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.